0: From Hypebeast Radio, I'm Jeff Staple, and this is The Business of Hype, a show about creative entrepreneurs, brand builders, innovators, and the realities behind the dreams they've built. If you know, met, or have had a conversation with Ben Baller, you will know that Ben is a character. And with everything this man has been through in his life, you understand where that character comes from. The music industry, the sneaker industry, the automobile industry, the jewelry industry. These circles just attract interesting people no matter what. And Ben being at the epicenter of all these made him a magnet for success, notoriety, fame, and infamy. If you're one of the million plus followers of Ben on his Instagram, you already know he's wide open and honest. He wears everything on his sleeve, from his wife, to his family, to his past, to his business. So why should this episode of The Business of Hype be any different? Buckle up and get ready for the roller coaster ride. That is Ben Baller. I mean, first let's do a proper introduction. For those who don't know. Who are you? What do you do? <laughs>
1: um, my name is Ben Baller. Um I like to think that people know me outside of jewelry, but I've come to the conclusion that I've become so popular and um like Accumulated so much of a fan base from the jewelry mm-hmm. that people forgot what I've done in the past. So yeah, I am a jeweler. Um, I consider myself a father and a husband first, um, but I'm an entrepreneur. You know, I've had some interesting people call me a modern day Renaissance band You know, and I guess it could fit. Um, I don't like to be self-complained, you know, proclaimed anything. But I am a jeweler. I do own a kids clothing brand, um, and I own a cannabis company, which is. All we'll all get into it. I'm sure all of that, and um, um, yeah. And you have
0: other identities. Like I know you for a lot of other things, like sneaker connoisseur (laughs) slash genius, Nike talk OG, yeah, music. You know, like the whole music side is like another chapter of your life, sort of. You know, me. I, I feel
1: like music was to me. I haven't accepted the factor that. I am a jeweler. I know it sounds crazy. I say it every day, but I don't accept that until somebody who I feel like has had lived a certain amount of life, has had a certain amount of success, has attained a certain amount of wealth and knowledge, and I respect, let's say, John Mayer. Mm-hmm. And John Mayer is like, hey, Ben, man, you can say what you want to, uh, you're an artist. You know what you do with jewelry is crazy and everything, and I'm like, all right, well I got to accept that. And all this time, I've always waited for someone to give me the validation for music and the DJ. Mm -hmm. I feel like I never got that. So all the shit that I did 20, 25 years ago in the music business is just paying off now, as far as it's just built up like the extra. It's like the 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 foundation. Like, oh, well, let's just dig in here. What are we gonna see? A bunch of jewels and Rolexes. No, wait, said Dr. Dre. Wait, Jay Z. Wait, DJing. Wait a second. Wait, said so Nike. What? And yeah, even though I don't look per se 45 years old, you know, I'm hanging out with people literally half my age, you know, literally 21, 22. And I'm like, wow, you know, I could be, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, my dad's 43. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I'm with your dad. And I sit and I have a conversation with someone like, let's say, for instance, uh, Bari. I respect what Bari's doing with v and 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 um, we're not going to get anybody, any, any of the stupid negative allegation things. But you know, um, I'm a member of OG, mm-hmm. you know, and OG is you know is, is our crew, and you know, and 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 uh, Velo is one of the brands under the umbrella, and you know, and, and I talk to Bari, Bari's so knowledgeable, it it makes me I feel refreshed when I think that he's gone and. You know, it's not like he's not immediately going after Virgil because he knows Virgil. Whatever, it's because him and Virgil have a lot of mutual friends. What I'm happy about is the fact that he'll know Cali and he'll know like he'll know more than just Hiroshi. Like he'll he knows like you know he'll know Kubo from G R eight and he he yeah. knows like a lot. He you know he, and and people are giving him more 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 history of of not necessarily streetwear but just the cool yeah. shit you know, from Edison and everything and just I mean names are coming out but. Um, we started talking, and we we're at a dinner one night, and we know each other because you know we have so many mutual friends. I'm down with the mob and down with you know ASAP and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, "Wait a second, how do you know this chef?" And I'm like, "Come on, bro! Like I was part of the Nike group. I was part of the Nike, you know, the Blue House. Yeah, we started the Blue House. That was a, a Nike marketing energy uh, house that we created. It was Jim Morrison's old estate in Venice Beach, and we did sneaker events there. And she was the in-house chef. And he's like, "You a part of that?" Listen, you know Eddie Cruz? I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? I was an intern for Eddie Cruz in the early 90s. My sister helped Eddie get, you know, kind of situated with some background shit. And all these connections that I made early on kind of made me who I am today because a lot of that didn't exist. And I think at that point, he was like, man, let's do some fancy jeweler. Probably had a decent background, whatever, blah, blah. Maybe a little, I don't know what. Right. Didn't care why he wanted to pry or go into research about it. Just the one dimension was just Ben was the bling guy or the car guy. Yeah. So when he found that out, I was like, all right, cool. I'm glad some people are starting to know. Mm-hmm. But when Jay-Z did the 20th anniversary of Reasonable Doubt, yeah. you know, there's Biggs, there's Jay-Z, and there's Dame Dash, and when they did it, they came and said, we i to do it in LA first. And when we come to LA, we want you to be the host of it. We want you to be, to be the, the the you know the curator of this. And I was like, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. And uh, all this time, I've wanted my Rockefeller chain, my rock chain, and, and, and you know, and Jay Biggs gave me the chain there, and I was like, man, this is too fucking much, you know, like, this is, this is crazy, and I think a lot of people are like, why the fuck is Ben, like, oh, he must have made the chain, or this, whatever, and then they started to understand, you know, there was, there was a, there was a, a like, threads on Nike talk, and people were like, man, dude, I saw Jay-Z the other day, I was like, hey, man, you know that guy, Ben Baller, he was, and he, he look back at me, I was like, who the fuck is that, I'm like, yeah, right, bro, he would never say that, you know what I mean, it's not gonna happen, but, you know how kids are on the internet. They're just being haters and stuff. Yeah. And I think people kind of were like, it's not like Jay is... Jay moves like the president now, you know? He really yeah. does. With Secret Service, the whole that type of thing. You know, mm-hmm. he's, not, he's not accessible. You know, I don't, I don't bother people. Mm-hmm. I have a client right now who is an A-list actor, Academy Award winner and everything else. Had me come to his mansion. We sit and talk. Um... I don't know if, if, I don't think he tried to make me feel, you know, feel little, like belittled or anything, like, you know, walking in his $30 million mansion, but we sat and we talked about the old times. Remember when we were, like, broke, trying to, like, figure things out? Yeah. Now you're a huge star, and now I'm sitting in your $20 million mansion, and you have a beautiful family, whatever, and he's showing me all these watches, and I'm like, yo, bro, no offense, man, but this shit is nothing to me. Do you know? No matter how much money, because I've dealt with a different type of wealth with Saudis and all that stuff and everything, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, He orders like two or three things, and where I'm at in my life right now, I'm not even pursuing those orders he did until he tells me again, hey, listen, what's up with this shit? Here's the money. He didn't hit the minimums. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. Like, where's the money? Here's this. Uh So when I think about that, I look at other people, and they think about me in a certain way. They don't realize I'm a big troll online, and they're like, hey. You're always on this person's page, leaving a comment, blah, blah, whatever. And you know, they started doing this only recently, like in the last like year. But if you have a verified account or something, you leave a comment on someone's page, it usually shows up, mm-hmm. you know, in the comments where other ones don't. And um, I'm just a troll. But they don't realize I probably have six, seven people. I've kind of like not really do what really want to. I mean, when the money comes or anything else, then it's it's another step before I feel like, okay, I'm gonna take this job on. Yeah. And then there's political things where I'm like, all right, well. And I hope he doesn't get offense, by, uh, take offense by this. But you know, like, I don't wear Jordan so much anymore. But I do like to have that plug. You know, it's a good plug to have my kids, whatever. Yeah. So of course I'm gonna make Michael Jordan and his family some fucking jewelry. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and they're not gonna have to hit the minimum. You know, or whatever it may right. be. You know, I'm gonna make whatever it is because I want to have that good rapport with them. Yeah. Do you know? And there's other things deeper than that. There's golf things. There's basketball stuff, games. I don't know. They're just. It's just a good thing to have. Whereas my actor friend, like. He's cool. He's my boy, but at the same time, like, yo, bro, this is a business. Like, I'm not gonna come to you with the movie and be like, all right, listen. And you're like, okay, why well, haven't got paid yet? It's like <laughs> all the business wasn't been handled yet. And I think he, f- I don't know, I, maybe he feels like I should hit him and kind of be on his dick harder. Like, hey, man, what's up? We gonna make this chain? Are we gonna do this? Like, no, bro, I like I don't have the time for that. Yeah. You know, because right. there's 17 other things I have to do that are really important as well, and I'm not getting those done as it is. Yeah.
0: What Ben is talking about here is basically learning to put a value on one's time. And if you put a high value on your time, there will be a natural order to prioritizing that time. I love when Ben said, I'm not bringing a movie script to his actor friend. He draws the line in knowing when the friendship begins and ends and when the professional relationship starts. I find that in our industry, especially with creatives, it's hard to definitively draw that line. I mean, you might be hanging out with your friends, talking about things that you're working on, projects, challenges, etc. So there's already this blurring of work and play it's almost understandable that one might take it too far but you know for sure when it happens right i've been in many situations where the conversation with my homie goes from hey i'm thinking of redoing my logo to hey check out my new logo to hey can you do my new logo and you immediately know when that line is crossed so first be respectful of your own time and learn the value of it and then do the same to others. Value their time and their hustle. This is, after all, a business. It's never personal. So, so do you remember? Let's take us back to the time where you said there was a time where Ben Baller wasn't balling.
1: Okay. Well, there's two times. There's, there's something called ghost balling, where you, which is popular on Instagram now. You appear to have money and you're on a private jet, mm-hmm. and it's not your private jet. It's not even the one you 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 rented rented or commissioned or whatever it may be and then you're wearing borrowed jewelry and all this other stuff and everything else and it's like you know it it, that's a very extreme version but there's a lot of those guys on the internet ghostballing ghostballing i want to start at ghostballing first um i I think in the early 90s image was such a big deal that one thing i never ghostballed with was sneakers Never played games with that. I always had to have my sneaker game was always on point. Mm-hmm. My sneaker game's been on point even when I was broke because whether people talk shit about it and I hear people say, "Oh man, you got more money on your feet than you do in your pocket," and like, okay, well that's great. That's where I want my money at. Mm-hmm. So hey, I became a millionaire off sneakers. So fuck you. Mm-hmm. I would have the Jordans, but I would go and literally lease cars like a Lexus or something because Jay Z had one. And I couldn't make payments, and they're like every fucking three months, it's 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 up for almost a you know a repo, you know what I mean, yeah. and things like that. And I was you living could, beyond, beyond my means. You just
0: payment on the car because yeah. you're buying too many shoes.
1: No, I was making sixty grand a year as a, a record uh, employee, uh-huh. a music business employee, and I was spending maybe a hundred. So I was in debt forty. Credit I was living cards. beyond my yeah. left. Yeah, I was li- so in that way. People were like, oh, you have money? No, no, no. Because my mindset was so fucked up that. I was living so beyond my means I had to have a Versace shirt I had to have this this and this and then I realized yo this is this is this is crazy okay so that's a version of ghost balling yeah
0: which a lot of people I think who are young are like affected by that they have a $22 hour in job but they've got the cause Jordans on somehow yeah that they paid for
1: yeah it's like and six they live, of their they live, in, they live in a house with seven people you know right. like and it's a 300 square foot place and, and I'm not making fun of anybody because no. you know I, didn't, I came from home beginnings so going on I actually don't think I've ever got too into depth with this, but I mean I, I can keep it short. So when I had my last falling out with Dr. Dre, it was kind of like a mutual agreement. Like, yo know, man, I, I have no, I have no place here. Like, we have eight to ten artists signed to the label. No one's coming out. We almost had an album coming out. The firm album dropped. It did all right. It didn't do to our expectations of Dr. Dre. Eminem comes in And saves the label mm-hmm. At that point None of my artists That are on the label are, are getting any love Are you A&R? Yeah I was heading A&R And I said You know what I'm going to focus On my DJ career Because I've always been A DJ throughout all of this And that's how you found me And that's how Dr. Dre Met me from DJing And he's like Yo you're the, you're the shit And uh, you know uh, Me and AM Are friends at this time This is you know Later 90s And things And um, I had a BMW that I got from Dr. Dre money And had a bunch of other stuff And so I said You know what I'm going to go off And figure something out Fuck this mm-hmm. I never spoke about this Because I signed A confidentiality agreement With, with Dr. Dre um, I didn't know If that expired in seven years So it's been way past seven years So we could talk about okay. this shit So he wrote me a check For $100,000 I've never had a check mucked like out in my entire life Remember this is like 98, 99 mm-hmm. I go to the fucking bank And I try to cash it And the bank lady is like Oh uh, yeah, you gonna have to come back like in maybe two days. You can't. This we you, you don't have this here. And I was like, what are you doing? That's a bank, you know. Is, you're watching too many movies. We have to have cash for everyone. We can't just give you everything. So I was like, we tell me, I want my cash. It was funny. So I decided to start a bank account there at that bank. Um, at that time, there was a conflict of interest inside the company. My attorney, Peter Paterno, was Dr. Dre's attorney. Mm-hmm. So that was also that's bad. a conflict. Yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't there anymore. I, I had Peter. I was like, hey, let's try to get me a job. Low key There's a conspiracy You know People say things all the time Like hey this is this And this is that And people are blackballed I think I was being blackballed I never spoke about this Ever in my life Ever On any podcast On any interview ever But I assumed I was being blackballed Because I couldn't get a job You couldn't get a gig As a DJ anymore. No I couldn't get a gig As DJ DJing is different okay. I was the man People wanted me to be in there As a record executive As you a record person You couldn't get a person, job I couldn't anything. get a job And I had a lot of Platinum albums And people were out there flourishing, mm-hmm. making fun of me. I see people going out there like, hey, we're going to Miami, we're going this and going that. I had a corporate credit card to go do that. Now it's my own money, it's not easy for me to go do what I need to do and maneuver in the streets. So what do I do? I go buy you know, a brand new SUV with TVs in it and 20 inch wheels and blah, blah, when I don't, I shouldn't, I should be saving and trying to figure things out. Yeah, I said, you know, I'm gonna go in business myself. I'm gonna start a management company. I'm gonna grab some producers, blah, blah, whatever. So I grabbed two producers from Dr. Dre's camp that left. Um, we started doing some work here and there but really it wasn't as easy as I thought we weren't incorporated we didn't have like certain things you know we just did it completely completely not even like uh, unorthodox it was just completely unprofessional and everything you know hey well wow, this company will have them write this thing out to this and we'll start a bank account and I didn't know you can't, go, you can't go to the bank and be like, oh, I want a company called MASH Entertainment. Okay, well, where's your LLC and where's your business? Where's your, where's your, you know, where's your articles of this? And I was like, oh, what all that? You know, I had no idea. I was yeah. so uninformed. Right. Bottom line is, I had no real job. Even though DJing is a real job, don't get me wrong, but it was cash on the table. Mm-hmm. So I was living like a drug dealer. Yeah. I was living cash on the table, not paying taxes, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. And not knowing when your next cash deposit would be. I did know because I was DJing three, four nights a week. So the money was good there, but it wasn't for my lifestyle again. Again, now I have no one to back me up. I have no advances to take from a label. I have no nothing. At least there, I can charge a meal at fucking, you know, at Cipriani's or wherever I would need to go. I'm like, oh, I'm here with, uh, with Nas. Yeah. I want to charge a meal and then write it off. I was literally, you know, I would say that money went within seven, eight months. The $100,000? Yeah, Why fast. did he give you $100,000 to leave? Like, was it a severance? It was a severance. Okay. And he said, I want no hard feelings. Right. But meanwhile, I was going to different labels. Yeah. And these meetings got real funny. And I said, okay, I have to decipher. Are these people that want to fuck with me? Or is it because of Dre? Mm-hmm. Like, it was weird. Yeah. So I didn't really know what was going on. I didn't let anybody know that. I was embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to keep up, you know, a certain lifestyle. So I was dating this girl. She didn't make a ton of money, but she made money I, I would say she had helped me pay car notes sometimes because I was I was I was like down in in the dumps I had never asked my mom for money ever. My parents never helped me It got to the point where I was like, hey, man, I need to borrow three thousand dollars My mom was pretty embarrassed and she was like, wow, you know, I went to your office You had, you know, 30 40 people under you, you know, blah blah was like, When are you gonna find a job? And I was like mom don't worry about this, you know, and this is a this is a crucial part of my life I um What did you need $3,000 for? I had to pay my my car payments were behind. Wow. On this SUV with TVs in it. This was the BMW. Okay. (laughs) So. But you're already living this lifestyle. yeah, Yeah, yeah. So I lose my apartment. Wow. Now I have at least 150 crates. So I have. Insane amount of records mm-hmm. like crazy amount of records for kids listening. This is pre oh, serato yeah. You have to have crates of records. Yeah, like right heavy right 30 40 pounds and think about you know Having seven eight crates at a club. Yeah, you have to have a car You have to have a transportation or someone to bring you there. This it's 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 That's it's a process. A, it's, a, it's a process of movie. Yeah, so All in all real quick. I lose my apartment. I had to find out where to put the records um, I'm able to store them At a friend's house And you know With the exception That he has access to them Which sucks Because you know Records are like my like gold So pretty much My rotation of my eight Go where with me And I move with my sister uh-huh. I never spoke about this before My sister was already Somewhat successful She had a house And she's doing well and she's like Hey you don't need to pay Any rent here You're my little baby brother She was about to start her life And get, get married and everything She's older than me mm-hmm. Significantly Oh that's significant she, She's uh, five years older than me And you know But think and I know it's 27. If she's 33 or 34 and I'm 27, I'm trying to get my... You know, I'm like trying to still figure out myself. And I don't even know if I'm accepting my mortality on this world and what my purpose is. She's already established and ready to go. Like, she yeah. doesn't have time for my bullshit. Right. I'm bringing chicks over, doing this. And um, she's like, I need to set your own phone line up. I was using a scam. It was really bad. I was doing a low-income housing phone line. This was before cell phones were like really accessible. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff. My sister's just like... Man, you have a BMW outside. Like, why are you doing low-income housing? Like, can you get rid of the car? I was like, Gene, I can't. You know what I mean? I have to have. I have to have this. Yeah. So at a certain point, I lost the. I lost the car. I lost everything, and I was living with my sister. Uh-huh. And I was renting a car from a buddy of mine, and I was going to my gigs that way. Things got real, real bad, and I just tried to somehow just keep the persona of yeah. this guy, Ben Baller. What year is this? This is 1999. This is 2000. I'm sorry. 2000. Okay. 2000. I was broke. I was living with my sister. Maybe a hundred square foot room. Mm-hmm. So it's was like, whatever. I had like, it was mostly shoes and like, I just made, I made it work. And I think eight about crates. it. <laughs> yeah. I made it. The crates were in the garage.
0: <laughs> so.
1: There's a, I, I want to,
0: there's an aspect here about being Asian too. Right. Like I think there's some people listening like, what's so bad about moving in with your sister? Yeah. But as an Asian male or a minority, let's say, with immigrant parents, it's like a major ego trip. Hundred percent. Right? Like you really are putting your ass in your in your fucking
1: tail and like And I can't really let people know, like when people are like, Yo, hey, what's your career about where you live? Blah 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 I'm just like, oh no, but you know, I just kinda of avoid that question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um eventually I can't pay insurance on my car anymore. This was a time, a weird time in life. This was right before, no one steals cars anymore. It really, there's no money in it, okay? This was right in that cusp. I wake up one morning, my car stolen. Holy shit! And I had no insurance. Oh, wow. So, with that said, I'm getting letters from the, from the company. And they're like, hey, what's going on with the car? Blah, 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 blah whatever, insurance. And I'm just avoiding it. At that point, they put a lien on my, on my name for like $60,000, right? wait, wait, and I had no insurance, had nothing. My credit was fucking destroyed because mm-hmm. of that, right? Like, like completely negative. Destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> negative. Like it was bad that point as well. So you lost the leased car. I lost the leased car. That was uninsured. Yeah. And it's supposed to be leased. It's supposed to be insured because they, they'll take your lease away, you know, whatever. Yeah. I just finessed it, by I just was just not getting you know, yeah. anybody up. Car gets stolen. I lose my car. I said, all right, dude, I'm like destitute now. You know what I mean? Like now I'm really just, I don't have any, like the only thing I do have is my, my mind, you know, my body and, and any talent I have with the gift of my mouth. <laughs> I'm still DJing. I can't make all my gigs. So I'm giving DJs who are coming up gigs of mine. These are pretty big now. And they're taking my gigs. I'm listen, you're going to give me $100 from your gig because I'm giving you this. Like, that's cool. They're excited to get the gig. Yeah. I was able to make my Friday and Saturday. That was the easier gigs to make. Weekdays were impossible to get because people had to it couldn't get around. Oh, so pre-Uber. a buddy of mine from the hood, yeah, buddy of mine from the hood, he was selling drugs, and he said, "Yo, man, if you want to do this, I can give you uh, five grand for this much." And I was like, Phew. "I was like, holy shit, fuck DJ, you know, what? I'm gonna do this." So I got into I got involved in drug dealing. Mm. And um, so in 2000, you know, you're
0: a broke, broke, and homeless. Kind of on the run from the bank. Yeah. Drug dealer.
1: Yeah. Okay. So not only that, I had, dude, I might have had three hundred dollars at a time here and there. I really didn't have any money at all. Yeah. You know, I had to go back into getting more music or getting this. I was lucky to be a big DJ, so I was getting serviced by record companies, whatever. And that was weird because where is the records going to go? They had no, I had no real mailing address. It just was fucked up. Yeah. My sister's house was like not. It just was. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was, it was a tricky situation. And so I transitioned, I started doing this, I started doing the, 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 the drug dealing thing until people started getting caught. And people start going to jail. And I was like, what the fuck you think is gonna happen? You know, this was big. And plus we were doing it, we weren't doing it in LA. We were doing all the stuff in LA, but the business was in Atlanta, was in Ohio, a lot in Ohio. So flying to Ohio a lot at all the time in the world. I was young, I had no money, you know, I had no responsibilities, I had a DJ. Yeah. So as long as I come back by Friday and Saturday, I'm good. So meanwhile, we ended up making this whole experience into a field feature film. Me and my cousin made a real movie about this called Cake. And it was based on like 90% true stories. Mm-hmm. But again, I uh, that's broke, broke, okay? okay? Now, we don't have to go back to the teenage years or, or the college years when I was broke or anything else because that that's not interesting really. It's just it's everyone's broke in college, you know, <laughs> yeah. unless you have rich parents. This was interesting because I never sh- shared this before that I was broke at that time. So again, Somehow I had like 30 pairs of shoes, and I just kept all those shoes. Little did I know later that they would help me out. Some of these were rare Jewel Swoosh Air Force Ones. People these guys don't these guys, these kids don't know what the hell a Jewel Swoosh Air Force One is, you know. And I had some shoes that I kept. Yeah. That was currency, you know what I mean? That was like currency. So I got an apartment, no one knows us either. I lived in the valley. Uh-huh. The valley is kind of like a, you. You're like you look. It's kind of like living in Long Island. You say, "Oh, I'm from New York, man, Where you live all oh, long," right, and not like anywhere cool. We're talking like Long Island, Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Lapuma, if you listen to this, Joe Lapuma, I, I love you, bro. I'm not taking talking shit, but like the valley is kind of like it's just not me, you know. I'm yeah. like I'm an LA kid. It's disconnected. I go to the valley, yeah, and um, I start building like a little bit up again, and then, man you know, I fuck around and I pretty much spend all my money mm-hmm. again. So I have to resort to DJing again. Being an idiot, I decided to go get a real nice car. So I get a Benz. Somehow, some way I find a place that is doing like thirty or forty percent financing. It was the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like you know, like a Lamborghini now the, the average for someone is really good credit, you might get like a two and a half three percent 3% finance rate. Four is still good. So imagine 20 imagine fucking 40% on a Benz. I had to have this car. I felt like this car was going to make me more money, it was going to get me bitches, it was going to get this, that, and the third. I was living all the way wrong. Okay, you see that now. Yeah. <laughs> I get in a car accident.
0: Oh, God.
1: And I don't have insurance on the car again. So now I have another lien within three years. And this time it's for like a hundred. How are you not and in so, jail at this point? Yeah, I mean, really they should have put me in jail, you know, and I was able to work certain things out. I had friends. I had a lot of barter. I've been the king of barter since fucking way back. I'm still the king of barter now. And I was like, wow, how am I going to pay this off? I'm not going to. And I haven't paid taxes in three years. I'm just going to blah, blah, whatever. And, even if I were to pay taxes, there's nothing like I'm just, I'm, a, I'm so upside down, it wouldn't matter. You know, I like, did yeah. really gonna give me negative and then give me back. So,
0: all within a short amount of time. Okay, sorry, I just need to interrupt here for a sec. If you follow Ben on social media, you can see the lifestyle this dude now lives today. But as you can hear him recount his history, and it wasn't really that long ago, we're talking 2000, 2001. This dude has no money to his name. He's living check to check, he's running from the bank. He has no insurance, and then he turns to dealing drugs to make ends meet. I want you to imagine where his head was at back then, and where his head is at today. The lesson here is that no matter how bleak it may look, times change, and you can change. And sometimes the tipping point might just be around the corner, and it might in fact come in the form of a sneaker. I started
1: Nike Talk around 2000, Mm -hmm. and the shoe thing was helping me out. Small time businesses here and there. I was doing, you know, slanging some kicks here and there just to get kicks. Yeah. And then I finally started making a little bit of money. And um, thanks to Nike Talk, you know, it was a community. And, and
0: this is like Street
1: Flight Club, pre-stadium goods. Oh, pre stadium good. Oh, way, way, way. Bro, yeah. this is when demeaning. <laughs> If you yeah, Domainy yeah, Fly This one, Domainy. VintageKicksUSA.com. <laughs> this one, Domainy was telling me, yo, I'm jumping in the car right now. I'm going to Minnesota. Then I'm going to Detroit. And then I'm going to Florida. And I'm like, for what? Because I'm about to get these year of Air Force ones. You know what they did, like, the year of the, yeah. the Chinese New Year? Or do, like, random things, acorns. He found out there was this. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, yeah, man. And this is when he was, like, partnered up and working with Ricky's in New York, you know, Ricky's NYC And it was just a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah, this is how shoes were. Moving yeah. Before Stadium Goods kicked. Before the internet really had, yeah. like, you know, where you could get, you know, and I was the first person to ever post a stockroom pick. That room stockroom pick, and it became banned on Nike Talk. No more stockroom picks. It's no good for nothing. Met mouse, all this shit. Um, I got the jump that SB Dunks were coming. We had already made the Dunks hot. I will take full responsibility. me. Rev, a few other people. We really made these dunks. like Dunks were the shit. And it was mostly because of Japan because they had the CLJP versions. And we're like, listen, any dunk that came out at Foot Action, Foot Action had their own exclusive ones. They were sold out in minutes. Mm -hmm. It was such a big deal. Undefeat hadn't opened yet. Dunks were huge. So when they're making a completely new line of dunks called the SB Dunk, Mm -hmm. and they're doing New York Nick colors, doing this and all these other cool things, I was like, are you kidding me? It wasn't really much rocket science. I figured out that Val Surf, Rip City, any real skate shops were going to have these shoes. Yeah. Anything too congested in L.A. Yeah. I avoided. Okay. I went all the way, even upwards to Modesto, Sacramento, all the way down to San Diego. Yourself? Yes. I went to forty stores to scoop shoes. I, they said at one point someone had said. They estimate from Nike, they said, I, they probably estimated I had about 40 to 45% of all the existing Nike SB Dunks. That the ever inventory. Released. The, fir, the first series ever of all the super thing. So I posted a picture in my living room and people were like, what the fuck? Like they've never seen anything like that before. It looked like a shoe store. Oh, yeah. I I just a warehouse. You know when people do it now, whatever. But this is, you know, 2000, 2003. Yeah. People and no seeing this. Amazon Prime shipping. Like yeah. you're going in a car and scooping these no, this up. this is the crazy part. I used my girlfriend's credit card to do all these. And she said, what are you gonna do? I'm like, babe, I'm gonna give you money on top of this. I was just about to ask you,
0: how are you gonna buy all these
1: shoes? You use your girlfriend's credit card. Yeah, and I used everything else. I had my cash and everything. But the thing is, the trick was, all right, we're gonna sell half of these, and half of these never existed. They're gonna sit back, and she's like, what? I was like, I'm just taking a chance. They're just never gonna exist. These are investments. Yeah. So I sold everything immediately for like maybe $150, $100 premium on top of the shoe, made money, gave her money. She was really happy. And she's like, let's do this again. And I was like, all right, well, we'll just wait. Eventually later, I ended up making a shit ton of money on the extra back stock because supers were gone. People were tripping. I'm talking about beyond the hype and everything. Then it was like, all right, you know, people didn't forget about it. It was just like you couldn't get them. Yeah. So these are you know, like the Danny Supas,
0: the Reese yeah. Forbes, the Chocolates, right? Like, yeah,
1: Gino I- Nucci, yeah. and then also uh, Richard Mulder. Yeah. So I have a skate background too. You know what I mean? So people are like, man, fuck you, Ben Ball. You think you know about everything. I was like, I don't know about everything. I just happen to know about music, skateboarding, cars, and certain things and shit. And, and I'm cool with these people, you know? like. And um, that got me a lot out of debt. Wow. And then Nike approached me, do some marketing with them and that helped me out too. Mm-hmm. So, slowly but surely, I stopped doing the drug dealing, I stopped doing everything else, and um, I got really involved with Nike, I was really excited to do all this shit, and then just like music, the business of Nike turned me off completely. And I don't even care at this point if they if they don't like this and they look at us, I'm just being truthful. You mm-hmm. mean get... that the business of Nike turned you off? The politics? The the, the the speech, the 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 grammar, the the etiquette, the Ben, we saw that you came in the office today wearing a polo and I was like, okay. He goes, We make polos here. So that's directly competition. Please don't ever wear a polo in the office again. You know, blah blah Okay. Ben, we noticed that you put that we're gonna have a party at the blue house. Nike doesn't do parties, we do events. And it was just going on and on and on and there's other shit and there's political and just all this stuff. and I was like, Man, fuck this. Meanwhile, me and Meth Amphibian, who was, you know, a big deal back in the day. yeah, Meth and me had a company with Meth Amphibian. We got our own shoe through Nike. We we're going to do a Terminator. And the process was such a fucking jerk. It was like a jerk. And later on, I found out that's just what it was. Yeah. Cartoon told me, a bunch of people told me this is what it is to get mm-hmm. a shoe. And I was like, you know what, man? I think, one, my ego was way too big. I had way too much entitlement. Sounds like all these little millennials now. I finally woke the fuck up and realized, yo, you know what? Maybe I'm a little bit crazy. Meanwhile, fuck them, fuck Nike, fuck everyone. I said, I'm sick of everyone. I just got sick of the business, got sick of the shoes, got sick of the way they were doing shit. Uh-huh. They were like, man, fuck this. This ain't everything's unlimited edition. They say it's limited edition, it's just unlimited. They're just pouring out shoes. And I said, there's no way I can survive selling sneakers anymore because it just, it's just everyone's doing it. There's just too much. Yeah. I just, this, I'm over it. And what year is this? 04. Okay. So I put all my sneakers up um, through Yahoo auctions in Japan. I had a friend named Hiroshi who owned a store called Essence in Yokohama, which I helped become like make famous uh, back in the day. Why Mike was doing LSD magazine, mm-hmm. we did LTD. He had his back where he had like the, the 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 glossary of all the dope stores across the country, the world. I'm sorry, yeah. And Essence was in there solely because I think me and Methamphetamine made that store famous. Mm-hmm. And they started doing well. They didn't even have a Nike account. They were just a traditional, you know, like reseller. reseller yeah. So. And that still didn't even exist in L.A. yet. You know what I mean? Domainy was the first one to really bring it here. So, um, Hiroshi helped me sell about 60% of my collection. Mm -hmm. Then the 40 of my major goods went on eBay. That went 130, 140 pages on on Nike Talk. It went general form, which went crazy. And I was like, I'm selling my fucking collection. Meanwhile, some dude named Steven, um, I won't even say his last name. Okay. But, he, he dropped over $2 million on my sneakers, you know. And somehow, some way back then, um, I don't know how it was with tax or anything, but it, eBay was different. PayPal wasn't checking your, you know, they weren't, you didn't have to have your social security number in there. There was yeah. a lot of things that were going on that were unregulated. What I'm lying is, you know. It was almost like cash. Yeah. So I had that money. Uh-huh. Over $2 million. Yeah. And um, on top of that, I had money from before. Mm-hmm. And I'm back now. Yeah. Um... My girlfriend, who is a huge model, is traveling all over the world, billboards everywhere, she's a big model, and I get engaged, and I think I'm gonna get married. And at that point, I was such, my, my ego came back, my big fucking big head and everything. I was doing like, you know, I had motorcycles, I thought I was cool, whatever, and I had lost sight about this, this my relationship. She leaves to Milan and Germany for like a a modeling shoot or anything, and I'm out fucking around the streets, not caring. At that point, right then and there, she had made it up in her mind that I'm not coming back to live with you, and I don't want to be with you anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how serious it was until she got back. When she got back, she had been telling me a bunch of shit she wanted me to do. I hate living in this place. I hate this. I want to get this, 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 and this done, or whatever. And it was all like shit that I should be doing to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I want to grow up? I don't want to grow up. Fuck that. <laughs> By the time it was too late, I moved out. I got a condo in Beverly Hills. You know, I started doing all these things, and it was too late at that point. Mm. And it was learning less. I lost that, and that was more important than losing money. And everything. I was so de- I was so depressed. I was like, wow, I really lost a good thing. Yeah. Um, life blesses you in weird ways because I live a, a blessed life now. Um, so you survived
0: music. You survived drugs. You survived DJing. Now mm-hmm. you're out of the sneaker game. You're right. sitting on a. A good amount of
1: money. And I'm depressed. And you're depressed. I decided to just take anyone I can get a hold of. Um, buddy of mine said, hey man, I'm about to go to fucking uh, to Australia. I ain't never been. Can I go with you? I'll pay for everything. Right. You know, boom. Cool. I pay for my shit. I go. I just start traveling the world. Uh-huh. At one point, I come back. And I'm like, yeah, all, the, all this traveling, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And then I think about it and I say, hey listen man, in, in a grown man, honest voice, what I'm doing right now Will be cool for three, four years. I always put in these, these, these timelines on me, or this cushion. After that, what do I do? Mm-hmm. I can't go DJ.
0: Yeah,
1: I could maybe sell sneakers. You know, I can't go back in the music business. It's just not going to happen. You know, and, right. and, and whatever. I've created all my own jobs for the last few years. Yeah, I need to figure out something next. Do I buy a business? I don't know what to do. Uh-huh. And I started getting, I started panicking. Ben's life is a roller
0: coaster at this point. I mean, he went from rags to riches in a crazy short amount of time. We hear him recount going from $300 in his pocket to selling his collection of Nike SBs for over $2 million. Then subsequently losing his fiance and going into a depression and having what amounts to a a midlife crisis. But maybe that crisis was the best thing that could happen to him. It was the wake-up call his mind needed to think beyond the day-to-day and start thinking about Ben,
1: the man. Um, Eventually I fell into jewelry, and I've told this story a million times, but I went into jewelry, you know, but even still with jewelry, a lot of people don't know about this, you know, like, um, I got an issue with IRS, you know, and, uh, you know, it was through the millions. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, man, this is fucking crazy, you know. We're not paying taxes on that money. No, no, not on that, just other stuff. Just being, I'm saying, even being a successful person, you're talking about people who don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, I have a business manager, I have a financial advisor, you know, I have an agent, I have a manager, I have people now. I always thought I don't need any of these people, Mm -hmm. I don't need an assistant. I have an assistant that does things part time but I started realizing I've gotten so big there's no way I can house myself It it's going to drive me crazy yeah. I need to be relieved of some of these duties but the trust is so crazy mm-hmm. you know but then you think like hey listen there's people out there with 70, 80 million dollars 300 million dollars billion dollars and they have these people looking at their money so just barely getting out of the tax situation and I'm not worried about it because one I'm very I'm, I'm, I'm like certified I'm legit everything's done by the book yeah and I have nothing but blessings. I have businesses that are doing great. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm killing it and everything else. So what this whole story of what I'm telling you about is that is that these kids now, they have no fucking idea. They have a life expectancy of 45 days. Do you know their microwave era music, microwave, they're just fast food, mm-hmm. you know, fast food music. You know, they're just not thinking, and don't get me wrong, I, I, I still live, I have my, my issues and whatever, but... They're never thinking about 10 years from now. They're living it from now, which is great. People say you should live for now. You'll live better if you enjoy the moment. That's cool. Mm-hmm. When you have kids, you can't just do that, have that luxury to be like, I'm just going to fuck this. I'm going to do what I want to do tonight. I'm going to, oh, you know, I live once. I'm just going to buy a car today or whatever. I, I went through all that. Yeah. I have nightmares and wake up like, oh my God, what if I become broke? I'm never going to lose that wealth ever. I refuse to. Mm-hmm. Do you know? I have money like you know, I have money spread apart. Like I just won't. My kids have to be good. I don't care about me so much. I have everything I need. Yeah. But I look back. It's funny, I'm here now. I said three days ago on Twitter, this guy's like, oh man, when I get depressed, I get in my car and drive, and listen to music. My wife stopped getting on my case about this because she thought, "Man, what are you doing? You're talking to girls? Like, what are you doing? I don't get it, because you leave for like three hours. I will go through so much overwhelming like stress. That I would get in my car, yeah, and I would go back to my neighborhood where I grew up, where it is fucking shit. Motherfuckers are getting killed. It's very gentrified now, but my building is still there, and I'll just drive in front of my building and I'll park right on the side, and I'll just sit there and stare at it for about an hour, wow. and just reflect. I'm like, yo, man, I would run across the street and they had this 99 cent burger, not a fucking fast food burger, but a burger, and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And I would go and get fish and chips. I'll go get the, and this was my life. Like I was so excited. Like that was that. I, I would go turn on Saturday Live like it was like what my, what my interest and what made me happy back then was so crazy yeah. and now I have a half million dollar McLaren email you know, that, that came in and I'm upset because the guy put the wrong tires on it and the crazy part is the tires can be done within 24 hours 36 hours at worst and I don't want the car anymore because that tire thing pissed me off that bad <laughs> and it just messed up my brain yeah. like things like that and people are like yo what the fuck is wrong with you you know like I've just gone into this Rain Man thing where I've almost become an idiot savant and, um, you know, I've manifested everything that I, I, I wanted, right? And I got it. And now I'm like, all right, let me just focus on my family. Yeah. And that's the only thing that's making me happy now. And um, last night, my buddy hit me. And he's like, one thing's, you know, better when you're we are broke. And I was like, you know, yeah. And there's another this is a guy who's a protege of mine who I made a millionaire. And he's like, so... Would you go back? And I was like, Dog, I would never go back. Mm-hmm. I can't. You know, I have kids. You don't have kids yet, you know? And he's like, So what are you doing? I'm like, bro, I got I got I gotta keep doing this until I'm really making money while I sleep, and while you sleep, I'm getting paid. Yeah. And that's where the real money is. When you when you're sleeping, you're still getting money. They're saying, like, I would always hear like Oprah makes you know eleven hundred dollars a second, you know, blah blah blah, whatever. So by the time she wakes up, she's made this much, I'm like, All right, I need to get there. <laughs> um Jonas rest in peace. Um Jonas of L R G. Bavakwa. Jonas of L R G, you know, um, I remember when he did his little tour at one point, it might have been oh seven or 08, and he did his thing at Read Space for the for the New York part of it, and I couldn't make it. Um, he hit me up and got on the phone. And I was like, Where you calling me from? And he called me on a hotel phone. You know, he even called me on a cell phone, he called me, I was like, What's up? He's like, you know, man, I remember just literally he lived in a trailer park. I don't know if you know that. You know, he lived in a trailer park, he was broke too, and he was thinking about times then he just a beer you know going oh there's a kegger let's go to a kegger let's do this and and we were just talking and he said you know what man I was like what's up he goes I've calculated in my brain every possible way and how long it would take to become a billionaire and I come to the conclusion it's not possible and he said I'm depressed about it so I'm going to go get fucked up and whatever and I was like Is that why you call me really I was like you fucking bitch I'm just trying to get a hundred million You know what I mean Like you're trying to get a billion Fuck this You know You've already He's already achieved the hundred million So I was like man Fuck this We hang up Whatever blah blah And we would go back And think about that And um, You know I always try to look At my life On a daily basis Where we're sitting at right now Wherever it may be I love the finer things in life Mm -hmm. And I experience it for sure but I also try to stay grounded. Do you know what I mean? I try to stay like, I'm in the lobby right now. Two dudes are sitting there waiting for my car. Like, hey man, we're big fans. And I'm not trying to be a dick anymore, but I'm just like, I'm on the phone dealing with some drama. And I think back and people are probably like wondering like, what the fuck is he doing at this hotel? You know, this is not the Four Seasons or the Ritz. No, yeah. And then people see me at Target and they're like, yo, what are you doing at Target? I'm like, I got kids. What the fuck you think I'm doing at Target? I got to get diapers. <laughs> I have to get fucking toys. Like, where else am I going to go? Is there a fucking, is there, is there a fucking, uh, you know, like, uh, is there a Barneys for diapers? Like, no, dude, what the fuck? Like, people really don't get it. Like, it's right. crazy, you know? And um, for the most part, you know, like, I still love diners. I still love going to liquor stores. I still love going to regular people's shit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't want to lose that. Yeah. I, hear, I remember Eminem telling me like, "Yo, I can't even go to the grocery store." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if I have to go to the grocery store, I go. But you know, I actually I do think about it. I have, I have, a, I, have I have, you know, I have a housekeeper. I have a nanny. I have someone who you know does that for me. But you want to have the ability to. Buy. I still go if I need to go. I'm gonna go in there and grab something. Oh, I need to go grab some mac and cheese. We'll grab it. You yeah. know, whatever. Like, Eminem can't go to the movies. He can't do things. I'm like, yeah. wow, you know, it's crazy because it's gotten to that level for me. But having somewhat of the humble mentality, I should still be able to go to a place that sells wings for $7 and not have anybody fuck with me because of whatever. I'm like, why? I'm not, dog, I grew, you know, like, I don't want to. Of course, I can be at fucking, you know, Ginza Sushi Co. You know, at like what is it? Three grand a seating for omakase or something. You know what I mean? Or be at the Hotel Paris and they have sweets for $100,000 a night. But a lot of that shit I just don't enjoy. Some of it I do. I get it. I'm like, okay, don't get me wrong. I, I have a little bit of culinary taste in me and, and you know, I have grew up around foodies, but I, I'm still, you know, I still want to have that hood Korean food and things like that and yeah. still be attached to that. But, you know, um, I don't think I could enjoy it as much if I didn't have my money in order, my business in order, everything has to be in order because it's all that's where it all roots from. It's fucked up. Yeah. So, you know, I have less time for friends. Um, I have less time for even my family. So my most important things right now are making sure my business are well, all my businesses are well-oiled. They're all running well. Everything is in order and everything is kosher mm-hmm. because Ice-T is one of my mentors and he's also the producer of my new TV show which I guess I'll talk about another time. Um, He said something really powerful one time, he said at a certain point, if you're dealing on drugs or you're doing something illegal, you're doing scams, you're robbing people, whatever it may be, at a certain point you need to have a legitimate hustle. If you can't turn one of your hustles into something legitimate, you're never going to succeed and there's never ever in history has there ever been one good story of one single person, meaning whether it be Pablo Escobar or anybody else, it never ends well for a drug dealer. No matter how much money you make or anything else, there's never been one success story, Meaning, at the end it happened, you know, whatever. It's like, it's always a bad ending if you don't get out of it. So it's like a scientific formula. Like
0: it will end badly. Yeah. You got to spin it properly.
1: Yeah. So I've just not necessarily become square, Do you know, I've taken the broke times and those are the times that made me and just keep pushing through and I don't like watching movies like Pursuit of Happiness and things like that. Like I watched it, I'm like, fuck, dude, I can't watch this dude struggle no more. You know, I have as much of a dick as I am online. I have such a big heart for things. Like I feel bad for anybody. I get all those people money else. I don't give them everything I have, but I mean, you know, I just, I just feel bad. Yeah. And I watch these movies. These people are struggling, and I'm like, oh my god, like you know. And and I'm interested. In, and when I have discussions with people, when we go eat and certain things, I try to ask people, I'm like you know, do you feel justified that this piece of fish, this Toro right here, is ninety bucks for this two pieces of fish? Uh, nah. and then I have the people who only grew up they've only grown up all their lives they've grown up in generations of Forbes families and mm-hmm. things like that there's people who are really cool about it and the people are like ew why don't I ever go there you know or certain things and I just try to blend in that world you know yeah. what I mean I have such a motley you know this whole melting pot of, of a circle mm-hmm. and I love it but I am doing this for my kids and it's a struggle every day because I have a rule where I try to go at least two, three weeks without buying them a toy. There's points where I go seven days in a row and I get them a toy. I'm like, yo, what am I doing? This is so bad. You know, like, this is really bad. Yeah. You know, they go to a school that cost a fortune. It costs college tuition a year. And it's both of them. And I drop them off in a Ferrari. And I'm trying to be like, all right, well, I mean, fuck it. That's it. That fuck everyone that has anything to say. But then there's people that are there That are spending their good money Because they want their kids To go to a good school I'm like But they're in kindergarten You know Like you're paying 25 grand a year for kindergarten This yeah. is crazy And I go there And then my son says Dave, Let's go Let's go in the Ferrari And I'm like Oh man I wish he wouldn't say that I feel I'm embarrassed uh-huh. You know My friend's like you shouldn't be embarrassed You work hard for it I know But my, my son shouldn't know Like I just feel like That's weird You know And And, and I want him to have some kind of. I want him to be grounded somehow, you yeah. know. And then there's a whole other end of the spectrum, you know, where I see like Saint West is outside his gym where he play kids play, and there's five security guards there and like two sprinter, and I'm like, come on, man, I'm like my kid can't live like this, you right. know. And I'm not saying anything bad about Ye or Kim, but I'm just trying to set them up as so as, cool as, as much as possible, yeah. so they don't have to go through this because Ben Baller didn't come from being balling. Mm -hmm. Then Baller came from playing basketball in college. You know, that's why I got my name, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And then Baller stuck because I lived the Baller lifestyle. Yeah. Do you know? You can hear the tug of war in
0: Ben's thought process. I mean, he came from nothing, worked hard, went back to nothing. Then amassed moderate success and wealth, lost it again, and came back again. And hopefully this time for good. So you can't blame him for wanting to reap the rewards of this hard work. You can't blame him for wanting to offer his family a better life. But at the same time, you can understand why he's torn about offering that life to his kids. Because then it begs the question of whether he's properly equipping them to face life when they grow up. Some will say these are first class problems, and they are. But if you got to first class by the sheer will of your own blood, sweat, and tears, then to me, it's a problem we should all be able to learn from. What fears do you have now? What are your
1: greatest fears now? not being able to see my kids grow up that's the biggest fear of my life you know I, I, I mean why would that happen
0: no, I'm well, just saying you're healthy
1: no no what I'm saying is just just I, I just I want to see like I felt like I had my kids okay that's crazy I felt like I had my kids late in life yeah. I had my first child at 39 a lot of my friends had their kids in their mid-20s oh, you, so, you want to see them grow and get like, married and fall in like love like really really yeah. really you know um My health insurance, my life insurance guy told me the other day, he goes, hey, you know what's one of the biggest misconceptions now? (laughs) That people are buying term insurance for like 20, 25 years and they're living longer. So they don't have, they outlive their life insurance and they don't get their money, you know, or they're not making enough money. The retirement's not taking care of it. And I'm just like, all right, well, technically I could live a pretty humble life and retire today. Yeah. Never work again in my life. Have you thought about that? No, because then it would drive me crazy every single day driving a Prius or driving a Honda. Why? It would would just drive me nuts. You know, I just, I I just, I would get in that car and be like, yo, like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, it's just (laughs) something about. There's a lifestyle that you can live right now where you don't have to work another day in your life. I would make it to about 80 and my kids would make it to 20 something, 30, 25 without having to worry about. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. I, I gave myself five years. So. When I turn fifty, I don't want to work ever again in my life. Okay, and I want to maintain exactly what I'm doing now. Maintain the lifestyle you have now. Exactly what I do right now. And people think that I live a crazy lifestyle. Now, again, I'm maybe a little jaded. Um, I don't have eight cars anymore. I have six. I have five cars, but still, I know it's crazy. (laughs) I I I don't mind getting down to three cars. Okay, I can have the family car. Mm -hmm. I could have my wife's car, which would be a really nice sedan or something whatever else, and then I could have my anxiety car. Uh So we could figure that out, right? But I, for the most part, we still, you know, we still have our home-cooked meals. We, we, don't, we don't go out to eat as much. And, you know, we still, like, it's like, if we go out, we have kids, so it's like, we can't go to, like, Mr. Chow's, you know what I'm saying? The kids mm-hmm. don't like that food. They don't, yeah. they don't want that. You know, they want Chuck E. Cheese. They want, you know, Cheesecake right. Factory, whatever it may be. Um, that's one big fear. Um, I have a lot of fear. I have fears of my kids' safety, you know, just because, you know, um, I post them a lot. And uh, there's kidnappings. There's, there's this. There's that. I shouldn't have this, but we live in we live in a fucking crazy world, you know. Yeah. Um. Fears of. Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I think it has to do with mostly health and finance. Mm. Which is that's but other than that, you know, I, I really have. I'm blessed. I'm fearful
0: there. for the youth, like you talked about. Oh my god! Out. I'm sorry. Let, I'm fearful <laughs> for that because you talk about you hang out with a uh, young people. Your kids are going to be
1: those young people. I'm too. so scared for my kids. I, I hope the cycles have changed by the time they get up because I spoke at, I speak at high schools now uh-huh. <clears throat> and I said, I was like, so what do you want? Because I want a chain, man. And I'm like, bro, you got to aspire and I want, you know, you want more in life than a fucking chain. Mm-hmm. You know, I want that, I want that Bentley, I want the this, I want yeah. that. I'm like, I did a talk once at a school and I asked the kid, what's your dream? He's like, I want to own a room full of Jordans.
0: I was like, you just want to own a room full of Jordans. Like you don't. Yeah. It wasn't even like I want to design a Jordan.
1: Or I want to work for. I just want to own a room full of Jordans. I was yeah. like, that's you could do a lot better than that, man. I mean, people say you know <clears throat> when people tell me, "Hey, I want to be just like you," and I'm like, "You don't wanna be like me, man. But want to be better than me." Mm-hmm. I got stress up the ass, you know. I'm never and stress. stress. Honestly, what is what what fuels me? Yeah, which is sad. But I look at the youth and I look at the way the kids are and they have no respect for their elders and. You know, I know I was tough with my elders, but I, I respected them. You know, I, I still, you know, I just feel like they have zero respect. And there's such, now the gap is much bigger. I feel like it's like the rich and the poor and the middle class is kind of gone. Yeah, There's the fucking respectful and the non there's the OGs and then the kids. And it just, there's no in between now. It's just like really, you know, it's, it's a scary place to live. And we live, you know, and, and the education. And like, I think like, okay, I think about um, people don't care. They don't care about their and there and its and its and their grammar and their grammatical errors and things. I actually get embarrassed about it just because I come from a family of education. Yeah. Not family of wealth, but education. My dad's a professor at UCLA for 30 years. My brother's Mensa, Beyond, got a scholarship. We went to, my brother went to Andover. My sister went to Exeter. Nothing on money was all on I academic scholarships. I was a dude who went to jail. I went to seven different fucking junior highs. I got kicked out of every school. I was in trouble all the time. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean I was, I was dumb. Right. But when I look at like I'm so impressed when I hear someone's really, like a really deep vocab- vocabulary. And I'm like, wow, look at that word. You know, I'm so impressed by that. It's, it, people are like, you're impressed by that? And I'm like, I am. <laughs> because they were able to, to, to you know, they were able to to yeah. Yeah, to yeah say that and, and, and express themselves, that word in a sentence. It sounds so fucking classy, it was crazy. And like, I remember like, um, I had a client, who was like a king, he was royalty in Azerbaijan. And I was like, Okay, I just immediately assumed it was Saudi Arabia, and people are like, "You graduated college." I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" I didn't study geography or, or you know or history in college. Like, why the fuck would I know that that wasn't in Saudi Arabia or the Middle East? I was by Turkey or whatever. I just, you know, it was a lot out there.
0: Yeah, Ben gets on a soapbox here and discusses the widening gap of the youth and the adults, the lack of respect, the lack of responsibility, and even the lack of grammar. I can't help but think that while there is some truth to what he's saying, we also kind of sound like two old guys in a barbershop complaining. So if you're a kid under 25 listening to this, I want you to chime in and comment here. Are we sounding like your dad <laughs> or do you find truth in this also? Whatever the case, he does follow up here with some truly solid advice. I often get asked what is the most crucial source of inspiration for me and I always say travel. You need to get out and see the world. Knowing that life is bigger than you and bigger than your immediate environment is so critical. And for me, it needs to be a constant
1: reminder. One thing I think that if kids did, don't buy a thousand dollar pair of fucking cause Jordans. Don't buy the, and I'm, Brian's my boy, but go get a passport. Mm-hmm. Go visit a country every year, one year. You could, you could do it for, for a surprisingly low amount of money if you just yeah. do it. You know, I've been to 35 countries. I don't think I live life until I start exploring the world and start seeing how poor really how 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 poor how rich how people really live. Yeah, you know what the dollar really means and what this is and how how culture how people have fun. Some people don't have their phones. People have this, they have that. You know, you hear about a family member like, oh, well, I get a laptop, but we can't afford it. And I'm like, what? You're getting a laptop tomorrow, you know? Yeah. And it changes their life that little thing, you know, and. um When you have kids, that's when I was like, whoa, my life just began all over again. Mm -hmm. Then you have another kid, and life starts all over again. Um, But as those kids happen, I'm like, fuck. That's another 10 years of work. You know what I mean? That's another, you know, I got to pay for that. So um, I I would hope that these kids can get educated to a certain point, finish fucking high school, you know, Jesus Christ. Um, Problem is now, like, you know, when you were
0: growing up, you had a currency where you were trying to get money, now, I feel like with social media, there's like a new currency. If you're 14 and if you have 50,000 followers, you think you've made it already.
1: Yeah, you can sit on the couch and take a selfie for $100 or whatever it may be.
0: Yeah. And um, and it's a whole new commerce. So, what do you say to those kids who are like, yo, I'm good. I got 50,000 followers? I say, followers. you're
1: fucking tripping. I get free yeah. shoes. I get free, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, you're fucking tripping. Why? Tell, speak to them. Listen, none of that. that, that's like monopoly money. Understand that it lasts, it's a a very short last, you know, short life, short life expectancy. It's, 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 it's monopoly money, man. You can't go out there and cash in the real world. If you could know how to finesse it and manipulate, you know, certain things, then yes, you know, if you're able to get the right barter, then okay. But most of them aren't getting it. And they're cool with just having their gift certificates to Blaze Pizza because they did a shout-out on their page. They did this. Yeah. It doesn't last forever. Try you buying a home to. with your Instagram yeah. account. <laughs> I mean, dude, you gotta be... You gotta think like the silver surfer. You have to spit a fucking wave and be like, Pish! And when that wave is starting to run out, you got your other hand, Pish! You have to always find that second wave, third wave, fifth wave, and the, limit, the, the limitless waves and yeah. ride those waves I've been very lucky. I did that on purpose. <laughs> Knock on wood. I've been very lucky to remain relevant. You know, people are like, "Oh, you're an old fucker." I don't. That doesn't. I don't care about that shit. When people say that shit online, you know, I care that my kids eat three meals a day mm-hmm. and they have snacks all throughout the day. And I think about how well fed they are. My mom did everything she could to raise me, but I think about it. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, these guys are having snacks. They have snack time. They have this. They have this. I can't say no to my son, you know. It's like so, so you know uh, that that's you know it's 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 a big deal, you know. And 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 I don't want. I think a lot of these kids who have these things, a lot of them don't have supportive parents. or don't have parents around at all, Mm -hmm. Um, not because they're working, or because they're just not existing in their life, and that's sad too, you know. And so, marriage is a tough part, you know. Just that is that's the hardest job in the world because I have to make sure that the house is in order. And and people are like, why is it so important? Now I'm like because psychologically later, I realized why I had so much animosity growing up and why I had a lot of issues, and I still have maybe some some psychological you know hurt and pain from my parents got divorced you know while I was in junior high, and why I rebelled and a lot of things that happened why my parents didn't go to my games, but I still ended up being in college and getting a scholarship, playing ball, and being Asian and doing that, and I'm proud of my accolades and um, you know. My support system is, is is the family I have. And mm-hmm. if people can see that, that that family can still happen, people think, oh, we can still be co-parents and this and that. I didn't say you couldn't. I'm just letting you know, in my mind, I know that this is a healthier environment for me to be in this situation. I'm not just anybody who has kids and don't want to be with their, their wife or, or not me buried or whatever it may be. I'm just saying that, The more I talk to my children, and the more that I'm in their lives, and I do everything I can for them, I know that's going to help them so much more, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I am going to have to have a talk with them eventually about failure, and I almost feel like the way I've been thinking about it, about them not going through failure, and me helping them out... Yeah. It might be a bad thing. So I'm thinking about rethinking it. And maybe they're too young to understand this. They wouldn't podcast this (laughs) around. But I'm thinking about putting it in a trust. Okay. And putting it away. Yeah. Until they can figure it out. And they wouldn't even know about it. And they wouldn't know about it. You know what the
0: other way is? You move to like some village in Japan or something like (laughs) an island. And you just make them chop
1: coconuts and shit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's, it's crazy. You know, when I see like... um, I'm in the Philippines mm-hmm. and I'm in Boracay, and I'm on islands. Beautiful. And I'm, yeah. on, I'm in station one. I'm, in, I'm, I'm Shangri-La, you know, five-star hotel resort. And I'm getting two women are giving me an hour and a half massage, 90 minute massage, not an 80 or 70 minute, like Burke Williams and try to be called 90. I'm talking about a real 90 minute massage, two women, then getting a pedicure and a manicure and then paying them $25. Literally. Yeah. And it's two women. And then they're doing this. And I think, and then you get an hour massage for like $10 to them. And, and it's like, yo, you have to be kidding me. Yeah. The amount of money. And you see, like, someone's salary is like $150, $200 a month. And they're working hard mm-hmm. in a month. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah. You know, and you get shit, you put shit in perspective. You're uh-huh. like, yo, I should move here. No, <laughs> I'm never. I'm saying it's, you know, it's, it, that's, that's a bad way to think. But I'm saying, like, you know, I could buy an island beer. It, it, it's 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 scary, you know. So I just it's just like I've always lived for the day or the week, as long as I get past this week or that week. Now my problem is I'm thinking too far ahead. I'm like, all right, ten years ahead, twenty years, boom, okay, I'm do with this. Alright, if I calculate this, boom, all right, cool, check this out. My monthly bills. Roughly sixty one thousand a month all right let me get this down to like forty five thousand a month monthly, that,
0: hold on, your monthly expenditure so if you make sixty one thousand dollars a month you have zero dollars
1: yeah that, well, I'm sorry if I make 6000 dollars a month I don't eat that's before I eat a chicken sandwich <laughs> okay sixty one so, okay, so like 000.
0: utilities mortgage rent cars
1: yeah well the rent multiple multiple rents tuition things like that yeah. you know whatever taking care of other stuff. Okay. Um, wow, so if you make 60K a month, you don't eat. You gotta make more than that to have a,
0: sick, a chicken Well, sandwich. yeah, yeah, I have to
1: eat. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, so that, that's what it, so let's okay. say, I'm, I'm saying like, okay, I could easily get down to 40, 45 grand, right? Then if I do, boom, I calculate, all right, so let's just do 20 years from now, okay? Yeah. This is what this number is. I do it all the time, and I'm like, all right, so what if I get down to 30? And I'm like, I can't get down to 30, right? I can get down to 30, I get down to 30. if I get down to 30, right? right? Let's say I get down to and I find a place where I can put a lot of money up for whatever. I, I calculate that money that was put it for the down and I have an eight grand mortgage uh-huh. with property tax and everything and, and, and homeowners insurance and everything, right? And I say, All right boom, I get down to seven, all right, boom. I get this, this I could get to thirty, okay, cool. Okay, that's when I can retire uh-huh. and really never work again for you know, if I live to to be eighty five yeah. or ninety. Yeah. Fuck that man. Let me let me try to figure this out. You know, and try <laughs> You're to crazy. Figure this. Yeah, <laughs> you, it, just, it is. you just drive yourself crazy doing that all the time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll sit there and be like, yo, listen, I'll justify it with my wife. I'm like, babe, I don't want to buy this room on Amazon. Like, why the fuck am I paying $17.95? This is just ridiculous. I'll never, ever, ever, ever. I will order more room service than anybody in the world. I will never touch the fucking amenity, <laughs> fucking cocktail <laughs> oh <my> fridge. <laughs> I will never touch that. Like $6 my, for this agent? My cousin, <laughs> go my, cousin we go there, my cousin, goes there and we, we go to a hotel, we'll be in the wind and he'll open everything in the fridge. I'm like, why bro, why? Uh, yep. I get everything before I go in there. Just cause and, and on top of that. The selection isn't really what I want anyway, yeah. but like I'll do room service all day. That yes. justify that, but that is crazy. And then she's <laughs> like, you just bought a half million dollar car. Okay. And you're really tripping on fucking a seventeen ninety dollars movie on Amazon? I'm like, yeah. And I thought about it. And I finally put it in perspective. I said, you know what? If we go to the movies right now, it's going to be 100 bucks for me and you go. But I feel like some endorphins have got out and I feel better. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting in the house. No. When it gets to twelve I'll buy it. And she's like, I'm going to buy it. And, it, and, and it just things like that happen. And it just, it's crazy, you know? And like yeah. the other day, I had, a, I, had, I had a battle. I was like, yo, um, a buddy of mine gave me an iPad for Christmas. It was a 2017 uh, 9.7 iPad. Mm-hmm. It's not the Pro. And I was on a plane. I don't even say who, but I was on a plane with a very influential figure. we on first class flying from Miami. And I pull out my iPhone 8 Plus. I have a 10, but I have 8 Plus for just Amazon and Netflix. First class uh, TV was cool, but I have all my downloaded shit on my You know, my, my Everything's on there. Yeah. So I pulled out of my lab and I'm looking at it. This guy's sitting right next to me in first class and he goes, he's like, he's like, open up his backpack, pulls out the 12.9 iPad Pro. I've never seen it in person like that right there in front of me. This should look like a miniature plasma screen. Yeah. And I got angry because he started watching his Netflix shit. He started watching Black Mary watching. I'm like And the glare is just like hitting your face. <laughs> really? Like a plasma screen, yeah. though. Like and I was like, yo, are you kidding me? I was like, let me see this thing. You know? And it had I couldn't believe the processor was fast. So I go to the Apple store and I'm sitting there I even go on Twitter I'm like hey does anyone have this should I buy it blah blah and I have this thing there and my iPad is still in the box I haven't even opened it Mm -hmm. it's not even plastic I can't return it though so I'm just thinking like my kids have iPads what am I going to do I talk myself out of not buying that thing when three people were offered to buy it for me for free. You'd be like, hey listen, I didn't get you for Christmas, I'll get it for you. Nah, nah, nah. I was just like sitting there over stupid shit like that. I drive myself crazy or dumb things like that, you know? And it's just Why? like- Why? Why do you yeah. drive so crazy over that shit? It's, it's so crazy. And like, um, I have a client- Meanwhile,
0: then you leave the Apple store and sit in your Ferrari and go home.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you didn't want to splurge on that. Well yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, went, I got the Tesla and I was in my Tesla and I drive home. And then my, my, my cousin calls me, he goes, Hey man, this guy wants to do a trip. He wants to do this little like, interview for you. He wants to buy this thing from you. And I was like, No, no, my kids are sick. I'm just down the street, so it's okay. And he goes, Man, he really wants to buy this watch. And I'm like, Okay, so sell it to him. And I was like, What's our cost on it? And he's like, Uh, like 34. And I'm like, Okay, so what's the problem? He goes, He wants to pay 40 bucks for it. And I was like, sell it for 40 grand, fuck it. Me and you will get three grand each. I'm not really tripping about it. Oh, actually, well, if he plays with a credit card, we have to pay tax and we're not. I was like, dude, just give him the watch. I don't want to meet this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, Ben, he's like, I, I can't explain to you over the phone. I guess I can talk. He's uncomfortable. I was like, why don't you text me then? Okay. And he goes, no, I need you to come down as I can. not And he goes, he's going to give you 20 grand if you take a picture with him, do a video for him, And I'm like, so he's gonna pay 60 grand. He says, no, he's gonna pay forty grand for the watch, but he's gonna give you twenty to come down here and sell him the watch personally. I don't even tell my wife. If she's calling whatever it may be, I go on my Instagram story, I'm like, yo, listen, this is a situation. I just got played like a little prostitute and blah blah blah, whatever. But now I can get my iPad Pro and whatever, blah, blah. So I go there, I deal with this. It ended up being a forty-five minute ordeal. This was just a couple days ago. And I come back and I get the money and I'm like there's nothing I want with this money because I mean I guess I'll just wait for it for shit that's like Target diapers you know house supplies whatever and I still don't get the iPad Pro my wife is like you yeah, I'm gonna buy it I'm like no babe don't, you're fine don't worry about it relax and like I just talk myself out of shit all the time because I'm always thinking about the 10 year 20 year thing yeah. you think that'll affect the dude time I mean you part. know, I'm, I'm blessed you know what I'm saying like you know I have people sending me shoes like you know th- by the way thank you very much for those black staples that are great and uh I feel like maybe I don't know. Is it? Are they more comfortable than they were back then? They are, huh? Yeah. Yeah, they're more comfortable than they were back then. Or maybe you, you know, don't like maybe, that. You want it to be less comfortable. No, no, that's even better. I'm an <laughs> old man, bro. You know. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, you send me shoes. You know, um, cause send me shoes. Who? who you, anyone will send me shoes. Virgil, somebody send me shoes. It's like I don't gotta worry about it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Like at worst, I go buy vans for like forty-five bucks. Right. And even vans will send me, but I figure it's more of a headache. I feel like what they want from me in return. Like, dude, like when I'm getting like, liquor companies give me twenty five grand for a post, do you know what I mean? And then fly me first, fly me first, or fly me private jet, put me up in a five star hotel, do like this, build this content up. It's like no, no, no disrespect. I just rather wear my vans and not tag them, and you know what yeah. I mean. Like forty five bucks, like. And I know those guys are really cool. I just, you know, I just, I just. That's the only thing I, I don't mind. Like that's worth it. Okay, fine, you cool. that's my wife okay that could be important can we pause this tape for one second yeah hey babe sorry honey i'm still in the interview i apologize i'm in the you called
0: so while ben talks to his wife for a second here i want to take a moment and reflect on what he just talked about sure brands might start hitting you up to send you free stuff and that's great but this goes back to the value of your time nothing comes for free there are strings attached to everything And it's important for you to understand those attachments. At the end of the day, Ben is fine with buying the things he wants at retail versus feeling obligated to that brand or feeling censored by this brand. He's good. And don't get me wrong. I think Ben will concur. I truly appreciate gifts as a gesture. It means so much to me that you thought I should receive this thing, but not with an obligation attached. That just ain't cool. Okay, let's see if Ben is finished with the call. I did want to ask you one more thing. So you've seen so many things in your life. You've made so many mistakes and errors, right? Mm -hmm. When you see a young person now that you're doing businesses, like a close young person that you are, whatever, selling jewelry to, hanging out with, do you ever see someone going off the... Like you're literally witnessing them going off the rails. And you're like, I can help this person because I've seen what I've gone through and I see this person going through the same thing. I'm sure you see it in so many of your life. You see these people just like doing dumb shit. Do you ever want to extend a hand to be like, yo, let me help you?
1: Or do you feel like he needs to make this mistake? Okay. So I can't tell you a specific one because it's almost obvious because people kind of do know, um, I've cut my list down of who I make jewelry for now. You know, I'm booked all the way till 2019 now till August. And it's not even, it's just turned 2018, you know, I've been booked, um, so I think people kind of do know the people who are regulars with me with Joy. Yeah, I'm not worried about Drake. Drake is very wealthy now. Yeah. Drake has never, ever, ever got to worry about nothing. And his entourage is so big and he's still good. Mm-hmm. Whenever a new rapper, because SoundCloud has developed all these new rappers, when they come and they want to spend money, I think they get the misconception that... Some chains are this way, and some chains are that. And with the Instagram thing again, they got jewelers who are giving chains away for free for promotion. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't need to. Right. Why would I need to do that? I'm the biggest jeweler there is. Out. Period. Bar none. There's nobody in my lane. There's nobody in my level. I don't want to hear it. it's laying up for discussion anymore. I've established that, and I've secured that throne. Um, can someone take it? You know what? I don't think they'd take it. I think I'd give it up because I'm just starting to get older and whatever. With that said, when these kids come up and say, hey, so what's this going to cost? Let's just say I say forty-five, fifty thousand dollars 50000 And I'm like, I don't mean to get into your business. I always do this. And it's very nosy and it's really unprofessional, but it's it's. I do it from a very good place. So anyone who has a problem with it, fuck you. I don't need your business anyway. Go fuck yourself, go to someone else. They're like, oh man, yeah, man. I got $100,000 advance. I'm like, okay. Um, that advances for you to live too, right? Because while I'm doing shows here and there, I was like, but I mean, it's it's a, it's a little egg, nest egg that you can kind of like put away or something, right? Yeah, no, no, don't worry about it. You know, I'm cool, whatever. I'm like, all right. I'm telling you, as a grown man, you're technically grown by the state of by the state of, the United States of America. You're a grown man. I'm telling you, you want to spend fifty thousand dollars on this chain, and that's half of your entire advance, which is pretty much most of your budget for your album. You're sure about that. He goes, Man, why are you fucking asking me all these questions, Ben? Man, y'all yeah, want this fucking chain. All right, because I don't want you crying about it later. Things don't work out. And if that and I'm not saying it's not, because you should have you should think you're gonna shit, you're gonna be the best rapper in the world. But I don't want you to fall off later and be like, yo, Ben, I want my money back for this. You have to realize a lot of my work is labor. Yeah. So my money, scrap metal at fourteen karat, might be thirty dollars or twenty eight dollars a gram at currently. But I might be charging you sixty dollars a gram because my labor was involved in that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm trying to say you're going to get your scrap metal back and your raw balance, which is still great. But I do a different level of work. I'm not Cartier. I'm not Tiffany, where they're charging three hundred dollars a gram. You know, it's different. But I'm telling you, this may not be the investment for you. Right. You're actually trying to help them to not fall into this. And I was like, bro, if you can find a 2008 to 2012 Rolex Date 82 mm-hmm. and get one for under twenty five thousand. You can wear that. It's a costume write-off on your business. You're going to stunt, you're gonna have a big face roller like Jay-Z, and guess what? There's no way you're gonna even lose $1,000 on that watch. Mm. Things like that. Right. It's a good investment that way. It's like buying a pair of, uh, um, I'm trying to say something that's pretty much like like secured. I, just saying if you can get a pair of Yeezys at retail, a, a rare Yeezy, not the new ones, you're pretty much, you've secured that. You know you're going to get your retail money back. You know, yeah. I'm just trying to talk about that. I had a kid come in who was a rapper. He had a Korean kid with him. Korean kid had somehow $10,000. He was 16 years old. Don't ask me how. I don't know how. He bought Bitcoin at 25 cents a share. And he spent five grand of his money. Half of his money. That was everything. I can't imagine. Now 10000 for a 16 year old is still definitely a lot of money. A lot of money. They say a lot of Americans don't even have 10 grand saved to their, to their name. But when I was 16, 10 is a shitload of money. Yeah, He dropped five in that Bitcoin. Wow. Yeah. He's got $92 million now. He's like 22 years old. So, So his buddy, who was the rapper, is still making music now. I think he has... Almost a million followers and whatever. And he does things. And he was like, you fucking crazy. I ain't about to put no fucking Ponzi screen, this, that, the third, blah, blah. And we had this discussion. And I even told him, I said, I don't know. My cousin's more about the cryptocurrency thing. We've accepted cryptocurrency at my store, Bitcoin, since 2014. And we've made a lot of money off it, you know. But I feel like now it's going to be regulated. There's going to be a big crash. I don't care what analysts say anything. They want to push it, you know. But they can't. It's like gold bars. People are fucking buying gold bars. It's a great investment. But The IRS was going to downtown LA in New York City and they're cracking out and going inside people's vaults and they open your safe. And it's like 300 bars of gold, like we're taking this because you don't have no, you know, we need to fucking, this is money, this is currency. This is real live money. This is cash. You need to declare this. So there's no way it can happen with Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Going back, I tell every person this, I see two kids last year buying Lamborghinis, G Wagons, buying this, buy their mama a crib, buy this, this, this. I'm like, oh my God, okay, that's great. You bought a crib. Dog, what are you doing? And you know what? I can't talk about something. And maybe people will, like, you know, um, see better light in this. To, To end that, I do tell these younger people, the older people, that's. It really is none of my business. The younger people, I'm just more concerned about. The ones who see like they don't have a father figure in their life, they have a guardian, they don't have a big homie guiding them around, and I'm like Jesus Christ, bro. I I I could help you though. Do you know
0: what I mean? There there is little things you you could do here. It's kind of like a bartender giving a drunk guy another drink. You have to sort of be like, yo,
1: chill. Yeah. Or it's Doctor Phil having an alcoholic. And a drug addict on his show and then you don't know if you heard about the allegations and they gave the guy drugs they gave the guy alcohol before they came to the interview what kind of shit, scumbag shit is right. that I'd be a scumbag for doing this but at the same time I'm not I'm in a luxury business yeah. nothing I do is a necessity it's all for vanity you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying I understand that
0: wow I feel like this section needs to be heard by the listeners of our soundcheck music podcast a little financial planning courtesy of Ben Baller but this doesn't just go for rappers it goes for anyone who comes into a little unexpected money whether it's a raise or a bonus or even a lotto ticket yeah you might be able to afford and even justify that splurge you're about to make but think about the long game i know it's hard society makes us want all these bright shiny things but just take a beat and consider what you're about to do very wise words from a man who
1: has definitely been there and done that going on two years ago me and Nick became friends again we've known each other since he was 13 years old and Nick Neek. 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 Nick 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 anti-social anti-social okay. comes to my house in his charger SRT8 and uh it's like a $50,000 car you know he's happy anti-social is doing well mm-hmm. it's doing well and he's like you hey, know dog things are going really well blah blah I'm like First exotic car he ever got him was mine, and this was maybe like six years ago. I came to the Stussy to go to the offices, and I had a meeting with Adam, and uh, do you know, Adam Weissman, yeah. So me and Adam had a meeting, and I was like, "Yo, get in the car." He goes, like, "Oh shit, rad!" And, you know, I was like, "This is fucking Neek from Nike talk." You know, it's crazy, like you know, like <coughs> yeah. <coughs> this is Neek, you know. I, I, it's like crazy seeing you now. You know, you're like older. I forget that Nick is like in his early 20s it looks like he's fucking 35 and ready to be in fucking you know a Mongolian tribe he's crazy I make fun of Nick I love Nick I don't care I, I can make fun of him he's my brother so in a matter of a year I'm telling him I said listen man you gotta be careful you know this and that but go oh man taxes are crazy I'm like yeah dude you can't avoid taxes you know and he's telling me what he does and he lives in this like fucking thousand square foot apartment with pizza boxes everywhere and the fucking floor was like you step on the floor I'm like Yo, what was that? And he goes, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, the carpet has been so engulfed in beer and alcohol that it's like, it's like you step in puddles. I'm yeah. like, bro, you can't live like this. You're making money now. He starts getting his big money. Mm-hmm. Nick gets, you know, major paper. He buys a house, buys it cash. Buys his car, finally buys an exotic car cash, you know, and I'm like, hey, bro. So, but he sees me doing stupid shit. The thing is, I'm able to write off certain things. I'm able to finesse certain things. I'm able to talk and do an influ- influencer program with Lamborghini and say, hey, listen, man, the car is at $420,000 and the MSRP is at three You're selling at a $50,000 premium, okay? Now, let's forget about the premium. And, like, are you crazy? People, I say, That's cool, okay? You want to sell 100 more of these, or do you want to sell 50 at this? I'm telling you right now, I have a plan, and I'm taking my marketing into it, you know. And I'm like, all right, you're going to take $60,000 off the MSRP. You're like, that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I it. said, like, listen, and I'm going to be an ambassador for you guys, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go fucking hard, and everyone's going to go in the streets. Those are just things that I'm doing. Yeah. So if I'm losing here, I'm gaining here. And there's, mm-hmm. there's ways to, like, you know, you take an L here, no, you no, take a passive, so, yeah. and I do that. Nick wasn't doing that, and he bought like eight cars in a year. And I did the same thing, but it was different the way I did. And people were like, "Yo!" And he was acting crazy, and I was like, "Hey, listen, all right." Then he started avoiding my phone calls, so I finally catch up on the street and I put him in a headlock. As I come over here, like on some big brother shit, because I can do that to him. And I was like, "Hey, doc you need to stop fucking tripping, bro. You need to get your head out of your ass. You need to stop fucking acting crazy." And he goes, "Bam, bam, bam, hold on." And he pulls out his phone and he shows me his fucking PayPal account, and I'm like. you're running this shit off PayPal, like, you know, anti social, like, million dollars in one day, you know what I mean? Saying, I look at it and I will not, it, it was almost like, I, I can't explain the, the disbelief I had. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, do me a favor. Do the, I, do the face recognition again. You know, for Face recognition. I was like, give me the phone. Because I thought he was doing some trickery. Right, like a Photoshop thing. Yeah, it was yeah. a real PayPal app. And I was like, Oh, my fucking God. Mm-hmm. He, he he understood at a certain point, I think, he realized that it could be a short-lived brand or it could be whatever. Yeah. He showed me emails from numerous, ino- the best of the best, Jeffries, you know, like Maxfields, uh, Barneys, you know, um, any cool department store, Lane Crawford, that all wanted a piece of the brand, you know, as a hot brand. And he's really smart. He was savvy. But, you know, people trip on the shipping thing. Like, fuck it. It's it's, you know, he was just doing what he had to do, but it went bigger than what he thought. Yeah. And trying to fix it now, which he will. And he's a really smart kid. And I think me, along with maybe James Bond, maybe like four or five people came to him, and I think they kind of grabbed me before it was too late. And as much as they thought he was, you know, gonna go fuck it all off, I think the big homie guidance went a long way in this particular case. It's still so helpful. I'm happy, you know what I mean. He owns his house, he owns a car. So at least it wasn't leasing certain things, and he had them. So they were assets, and they were they were liquid, and they're whatever. His head's so that, on straight now. I mean, I don't know if his head, my head's not on straight, but I mean, you know, he's, <laughs> you know, remember he's 28 years old. You know, he's yeah. still a young kid. You know, And I'm just like, hey man, you know, you want to see 38, don't you? Yeah. You want to see, you want to see 50. I'm like, all right, listen, man, stop smoking cigarettes. I'll stop doing this. I had to start changing my lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. we want to be here for a while. Longevity yeah. is the key. And I mean, you, you, know? you
0: experienced Jonah.
1: Jonas died, yeah, I was fucked up, man. Yeah, and
0: I mean, it's, you know.
1: I mean, Q died, that was a heart attack, it had nothing to do with any kind of drugs or anything, he's healthy, but, you know, just, I experienced a lot of death around me, and I feel like, almost in a way, it's very sad that now I've become numb to it. Mm. I I don't even cry at a funeral, I've been so many, I'm just like, wow, this is fucking crazy, but I freak out about it, and more recently I have, because I have kids, and I want want them to see their dad, you know, it's like, nothing better.
0: On the discussion of getting help, Asking for help, seeking help. Ben outlines the story of Neek from Anti Social Social Club, who hopefully we'll see on a future episode of the show. But this big brother sage advice might have helped avert a disaster here. If you have years of collective experience and learnings, share that knowledge, man. If you're new to the game, don't hesitate to ask the right people for a helping hand.
1: You never know what it might mean to the rest of your life. I don't want to get too deep in my Jonas thing, but you know. Jonas had success, he had everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Something else was eating inside of him, I don't need to, you know, I don't know what it was exactly, but, I, you know, I can speculate, but um, everyone has their own demons, everyone has everything else, I'm just saying, if you could be a decent person, do square business, not saying you can't, you know, like, oh, well, no, guess what, this Coca-Cola was write-off, you know, there's there's ways to get around, you know, uh, taxes or whatever, and you could do your write-offs, whatever it may be, but at the, the end of the day... Be smart. Um, just fucking do everything the right way, man, so you don't get fucked up. And, and you know, you said you should have this failure. Oh, well, I let one of these artists or one of these clients of mine sit some failure and learn from it. I say sometimes to people, I've said on Twitter, I say, listen, man, sometimes you got to let people fail because mm-hmm. there's so much, so much power and knowledge in that failure. Yeah bro you know i don't know how specific to the the nitty-gritty of the business i could i, I explain but you know i mean oh, you got it i mean you know uh, i think you should start ben baller life planning next <laughs> <laughs> financial planning <laughs> hey, I, I just told you what will work for me you know it might not work for you but that's basically you know i was glad to be here to share my story you know yeah, a man. bit of it good looking out man thank you very much thank you man appreciate you yeah
0: hey thanks for listening to this episode with ben baller And I hope you're enjoying the new season of the show. You can find out more and listen to other episodes at hypebeast.com slash radio. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I personally use Overcast. And leave a comment. Tell us what you think about the show. And if you can condense your thoughts into 280 characters or less, reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Staple. You can check us out on the web at businessofhype.com and email any questions you might have to questions at businessofhype.com and we might actually field that question in fact this week we're going to do one so let's answer one of the questions from the email address uh, in fact we're going to have Daniel Novetta, our director and also if you remember his voice from the AMA episode we'll have him pick one of the questions to be asked right now
1: hey what's up guys good to be back uh, this week's question is from Tony Baldwin. Hello, Jeff. Just want to start this email off by thanking you for creating the Business podcast. It's been such an informative piece of media and has made me want to stop thinking about getting my ideas out and just doing them, but in a concise and calculated way. I do have a question, and I hope you take the time to read this. My question is: What is the process of selecting someone for the show? For me, being a fan of streetwear culture and seeing these people expand and grow their business, it's always great to hear their story and hear about their path to what they qualify as success. Again, thanks, Jeff. Please keep up the exciting content. So how do I select someone for the
0: show? That's a great question. Um, I mean, the first season was really just all people that I knew personally, you know, um, this is really like a, a side project of mine if you will, like I'm, I think you know I do many different things um, so this wasn't my full time job and so the people that I ended up interviewing were inevitably people that I could just shoot a text message to and say are you down to do this, um, so all those people were that and then uh, you know, the plan is to go from, from there and do like a sort of six degrees of separation from those people. And luckily that amounts to be quite a lot of really talented, interesting people. Um, and I haven't really even to be honest, had to go beyond that first degree of separation of just texting people. Um, so it's been an honor. I love the guests that we have. I think, uh, one of the things that I pride myself on is providing you guys with like a wide variety of guests internationally, domestically, um, you know, uh, from high design and high art to like the streets and the hood, people who have, um, you know, MBAs and people who have, uh, you know, prison records. I, I try to cover everything on this show um, just so you get a nice cross section of what it means to be a part of this business. Uh, hope that answers your question. Thanks a lot, Tony. Thanks for writing in. And again, if you have any questions, email them to questions at businessofhype.com. Thanks for listening. The Business of Hype is directed by Daniel Navetta. Edited and produced by Bright Young Things You can check them out at byt.nyc Engineering is by Alexander Christensen And our intern is Carolyn Cow This was recorded at Sibling Rivalry Studio And on location at the Hampton Inn in Glendale, California I'm Jeff Staple And you've been listening to The Business of Hype on Hypebeast Radio Hey, how you doing? Um we're uh, at the Hampton Inn Hotel across the street, um, and we've rented rooms here to shoot a documentary, um, and we can hear your music even inside our rooms, and we're just shooting for another hour, I was wondering, if, like, maybe till like 12, 12.30, if you can maybe turn down the outside speakers. Yeah, that'd be really great. We appreciate it. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Yep. Bye.